Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, where we are covering Dark Season 2. And today we're covering Episode 3, and that will be called Ghosts. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Excited to dive into the episode. Cancel all my appointments, Brian. we got to <laughs> dig in here. What? Oh my gosh. I, but I've been waiting for three <laughs> episodes for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, Claudia is just going to keep putting off that French delegation. It looks like, uh, she does not care. <laughs> she is, uh, focused those, on other those things. poor French delegates. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like it was kind of causing a big deal. I mean, the, the press, uh, the press was there. Like she needed to make a statement or something. I think so. She's just like, yeah, no, too busy. I need to figure out this time traveling thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, she has a lot going on. Um, the whole episode is spent in the 1950s and 1980s, nothing in the present. But it's still really exciting. It's really a sexually sexually charged episode. <laughs> I thought there's a, a lot I'd, going on. I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but it's it's a really fun one. A lot of good one liners. Um, a, a lot to delve into. So excited to talk about it here on Wake Up Winden. So so glad you guys could join us. And um, Jared, um, what do you think? What do you think we should lead off with today? Maybe maybe some more of the Claudia stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense. Um, because we really see three different uh, versions of her, right? We see the young version, the middle-aged version, and the old version all in this episode. And they all have a pretty big role to play. Um, do, you yes. want to, do you want to start at the, you want to start with the kind of the big story, I guess? Um, Noah, Noah ends up shooting her at the end. But was it all part of a, seems to be like Claudia knew that was going to happen. And uh, looks like it's part of a bigger play. What do, you, what do you want to talk about with that? You know, I think part of it is uh, when you watch that scene again, and you see um, Claudia interact with Noah and, and what she tells him is obviously very important and, and how she feels he's a pawn and he doesn't understand the game. He's not playing it right. But there's also, what's interesting to me is Claudia knows she's going to die, right? She, she knows how that's going to play out. She has the, the piece of the newspaper, right? So she knows what her fate is and she does not seem frightened in the least bit. And it reminds me of earlier in season two, when we had that, you know, that, that other guy who Noah killed, right? Um, that, that we don't know who it is, but um, at that, you know, at that time, he, he just kind of accepts it, right? There, there's not, there's no fear. There's no um, anticipation. It's just an acceptance, right? And, and I felt like, I, I, I felt like that was important to note. Yeah, no, I think you're right. They talk about kind of free will in this episode and like uh, Claudia asked Noah do you really have a choice and you know it looks like he kind of thinks about it for a second but then he fixes his mind and does end up shooting her and um the thing about this is you know Noah so so far in the series I mean he's been such it looks like he's you know the mastermind it looks like he is um he's always right it looks like he always knows what to do and you know you see that shock on his face in this episode and you see the panic when he reads the uh, the the pages that he finds from Claudia so kind of an interesting role reversal, and we see that Claudia seems to know more of the pieces than um, than Noah, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Up until this point, we felt like Noah really was on top of everything. He has that book, and he's he's reading it, It's it's and it has kind of all the details, right? And then we find out in this episode that there are a bunch of pages that we're missing yeah. <laughs> that he did not have. And that they contain some things that he doesn't even believe, right? He he looks in disbelief when he reads those pages because this can't be true. This cannot be true. He's he's shocked and, and in awe of these pages. And and we didn't understand that he was missing these pages up until now, right? But when he finds them and sees them, obviously they were removed for a reason. Um, but now he has this knowledge, right? Yeah, and it really stinks for Noah that he didn't have the ending to his book. I mean, uh, imagine just, you know, having the last 20 pages ripped out, and, uh, you know, that's brutal. And then he finds them in this fashion, and he, he's muttering about Charlotte, and he seems to be very distraught about what's happening. So, um, uh, but you're right about that. He, We didn't know that he was missing this at first, and uh, it turns out that Claudia had them. So, um, interesting here. And you wonder how Claudia came into possession of them. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is very true. Um, it's, it's a curiosity. Claudia, at, at this point in, in the show, you just feel like she kind of has everything figured out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it feels like even though she knows she's going to die here, she's got it set. Like, she's, she's kind of, she's won the game, it looks like. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she feels confident in the fact that she's in a good spot. It, it's, 
it's very much, um, you know, it's reminiscent of like Obi-Wan in the first star Wars movie. Sure. Right. You mm-hmm. know, like he's just like, look, if you strike me down, I'm only going to become more powerful. Like, you know, I've won, you know, that, that, that type of thing, you know, and then having confidence in your plan and what you've done. Right. Definitely. I mean, she's really confident. She marches out to the forest. She lets, you know, Agnes know that this is going to happen tonight. And, you know, you get the reveal uh, at the end when Agnes, uh, I think, Ag- does Agnes have the newspaper? Uh, somebody has the newspaper um, that they that they open Ag- up. Agnes does, right. yeah. Agnes has the newspaper and, you know, it reveals the unidentified woman uh, found in the woods. Um, obviously, Claudia, the older Claudia, wouldn't be known in that, in that time period. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was she found in the fifties? What do do we get a sense of what what time period that was in? I believe it's the fifties. I thought so too. I, I'm 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 of the mindset that it's that it's the fifties because Agnes is in that period. I I feel like um, I I I'm of the mindset that that's the fifties. That's what but I thought. You're too. right. It could it could it could be at any time technically right i mean because noah is constantly going between time periods claudia is technically going between time periods i mean older claudia for sure right yep um younger claudia or middle-aged claudia i should say is the one that starts going to different time periods (laughs) at the end of the episode but the older one is constantly going so technically that could happen at any point right um but at the same time i I think it's implied just because that paper i would think was a recent paper and they all look at the date and they're like, Oh, that's, that's tomorrow. Right. So yeah. That means something must happen tonight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's true. I think that's true. And it was, uh, um, just trying to make sure I, uh, didn't miss anything on that one. So, yeah. So, I mean, Claudia, she also is visiting with Tanhouse in this episode. And I really, um, man, uh, what a charmed life for Tanhouse being able to get this, uh, book written for him, uh, with the bootstrap paradox. Uh, wouldn't that be nice if, like, your work got done for you by, like, an older version of yourself and they just gave it to you? I, you know, I, I yes and no. <laughs> I, I find that, that, uh, <laughs> that you, it, it would just, it wouldn't feel right. You know, I guess I'd be happy that I have a book written, but at the same time, I feel like part of writing a book and going through that process and the pain and agony of, of hard work is, is still important. So maybe I'm, one of few who have those feelings but I, it wouldn't be good for me <laughs> well i guess it depends on how well your book does now i don't know if a journey through time is uh, on the new york times bestseller list but uh bestseller list yeah yeah, yeah probably not <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a niche uh, sci-fi uh, book that didn't get much play except in the small town in germany <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah no i just those i was like uh yeah i wish sometimes that uh you know somebody would just come down and here's here's all your uh, lesson plans for the week or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> yeah at least something you know for for some of those more tedious things anyway anyway so yeah i i really like i really like uh, the conversation about the bootstrap paradox it's just like the chicken and the egg right you know what comes first and uh, i i really kind of blows, blows my mind i think he has a quote where the it's like the world is full of paradoxes and i was just like why don't I know any of them? I wish I wish I knew more of these about these paradoxes. I, I feel like the, the world is full of the paradoxes, though. I, I mean, you know, when you really think about things and, and how things end up working and, you know, it, it is filled with paradoxes. You know, I, I feel if you truly think about things and you, you know, you truly observe and, you know, see people, there are a lot of not necessarily paradoxes in the, in the sense of, I don't understand how this time machine came to be if you gave me the plans right. and I never thought through it, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily in that, that, um, stark or, um, you know, that defined, but I feel like sometimes there are many things in life where, you know, you think about people thinking or holding certain values and then all of a sudden doing the opposite because of a certain motivation, you know, and, you know, there, there's a paradox there, right? It, oh, yeah. it, it, it makes sense, you know, uh, or it doesn't make sense in some respects, but that that's part of the paradox. And I, I feel like, you know, that's a human thing, you know, that that's that's kind of how we are as, as creatures. And I feel like that there are paradoxes in our world, right? You're absolutely right. I was too caught up on the bootstrap thing and uh, the, <laughs> the chicken <laughs> and the egg or, origin. It was it was just blowing my mind for a little bit. So, but yeah, you're absolutely right. One thing that I felt was kind of interesting, and it was at the very end of the very, I'm sorry, very beginning of the episode, was 
Um, when Noah is sending uh, Helge in the time machine, yeah, I, I think I think it's really interesting and, and something we should really talk about because um, when he does it, it's interesting because he mentions to Helge, he's like, "I've seen you as an old man." I I feel like you know so much of this show is them taking you know boys and sending them back to you know to different parts of of, of time but then they die and yeah. and it, it's weird to me that he looks at Helga and he's like I've seen you as an old man in, in other words he's kind of implying or is he convincing himself that you're going to survive this versus when he does it to these other people he knows they're going to die right I mean like does, does he know they're going to die like it's it's just so it's so odd to me and and it's it's interesting when he says that because I feel like that's you know when he's closing the doors on this and he's like you know tick tock tick tock he knows he's going to survive it and so he's very confident about it and I'm talking about Noah in this sense and he's trying to give that strength and that confidence to Helge right yeah I just find it to be very interesting he knows he's going to survive it because he's seen him as an old man like he knows that prophecy but like if you're if you're going down that road why why, why kill these kids like if you know they're not going to survive like you know mm-hmm. Yeah, why why keep doing these things that are you know horrible <laughs> to these children too and if, to, to if everybody? You, if you know the answers are going to be one way or another, and uh, you know it's it's I don't know it's it yeah. bothers me. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but, let me ask but you. I thought I thought that was interesting. No, you know? it is. You're hit. You're t- uh, touch on something I wasn't thinking about. But w- so, what's the difference between Helga and the others, the other kids that all did die? Why does why does Helga survive this? And I know that Noah talks about in this episode he's like time is with you god has chosen you and is helga for whatever reason is he special or is it like you said that like no one knows it's gonna no one knows he's gonna survive so it's gonna be okay for some reason but i'm wondering why Helga. i think is i think special. it's just that no one knows he knows he's an old man and that's why he's saying this that that's the only reason but it, yeah it is interesting that they get all the other student uh, all the other kids die and i was gonna say maybe it's a difference in time but no because helga gets transported to a different time right so they're all in the yeah um it's like all in the 80s i believe right is when that when that whole thing is happening or yeah so, he sends him back he yep. sends him to the 50s yep. yeah yeah from the 80s yeah. yeah yeah and uh you know so yeah that, that's a really good point i don't um yeah that, that's that's interesting i was thinking about like when helga you know just comes back to his house that whole scene is really, really sad. And he's like trying to sneak in, like almost like, you know, he's been gone for what, seven months. And like, he looks so scared to come back in and he's like trying to sneak in. Like uh, maybe mom won't notice that nothing's happened to me, but uh, you know, it's uh, Greta's at least very relieved. So that was, that was nice to see. Yeah. Except for <laughs> she kind of, kind of but, for but, a second, you know, she, I mean like for a second, but like she doesn't like, Instead of, instead of saying, where were you? Like, how are you? Are you, yeah. are you okay? Like, you know, checking and, and, and being a little more caring. She's just like, oh, God, it's so great. Yeah. I can't believe he's done this. You know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, and listen, like, you know, religion is good and, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, it's good to be thankful to God, obviously, when these type of things happen. And I, I'm totally for that. But I just feel like her instinct should have been more like, are you okay? Like, and, and checking him and seeing, like, as, as opposed to just being like, wow, this is incredible. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. I, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I can understand why Helge doesn't talk. Yeah, do you no, know what Helge I mean? does like, not give a lot of love. Um, and it's really interesting that, you know, he hugs Noah um, when Noah sees him. And he, he has more of a love for Noah than he does for his mother. Um, or he's at least more comfortable talking around Noah. And we know that Noah's right. done like terrible things with Helga and will force Helga to do terrible things in the future too. Um, but he does get Helga to talk. He, he has him read a Bible verse and um, that that's what, I, that's, that's the key to getting him to talk at that point. Um, so um, have we seen Noah and Agnes, excuse me, Noah and Greta interact before this scene? I don't much. think so. Okay. I'm just, I forget if we have, or if we haven't, okay. uh, but I, I don't believe so. Okay. So yeah, it was interesting that Noah was, was in here with, uh, with them. Um, and what'd you think about, um, Noah and Noah and Greta, uh, Greta and Helga, that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very powerful scene. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you feel like Noah's in control, right? And and you also feel that um, that Greta went and found him because of the fact that he was gone for so long, and now he's come back. He walked up to the front door. This has to, you know, God needs to be intertwined with this, right? And that's why they may as well get the priest, you know, have him see the boy, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, and you know, it's it's an interesting, it's a very powerful scene when, especially when he starts to read. Um, it, it's it, it's it's very powerful. Yeah, right? I have it here. You are my shield, my protection. I hope for your word. Yeah, is what he. Reads. I mean, it's 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 a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, she mentions burn, burned is gone. Uh, her husband. Um. Don't know why right now. Um. I know he's big deal with the power plant. Uh. But I was kind of just wondering about that, and I don't know what we can say about that right now. But just wanted to note that burned is not really present. I don't know if he's like working all the time or, um, if it's for some other reason. But you got anything on that? Um, I, I think he's meeting with those French delegates, and and he's probably establishing a good relationship. And then Claudia just throws it all down the drain. <laughs> that that that's my thought. So thirty three years of hard work, uh, you know, everything goes in cycles. And, and Claudia just throws it down the drain. Yeah. You know, just, like, you know <laughs> that's too bad. Um, but you know, burned. You know, you can't say he's not working hard uh, for the power plant because uh, he's certainly not at home. So. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, that's funny. He's, yeah, he's laying down the track for the French delegation, only to be only to be destroyed. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, also in the fifties, so we get. Uh, I guess uh, the other storyline we should mention in the fifties. I think we got. Uh, you know, the police police work with Aegon, and uh, kind of the home life uh, with uh, with the Tiedemann family, uh, including Tronta yep. and uh, uh, his mom, and that's Agnes. And then we have Doris and. Doris and Agnes are uh, furthering their relationship, and Claudia's walking in on them. Uh, where do you Where do you want to start with the storyline? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, I mean, there's a lot of sexual tension going on in the house of Tiedemann yeah. back in the day, right? What I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jeez. let's let's cut right to the chase, right? I mean, obviously, Agnes and Doris are together now. They're they're kind of romantically involved. And, you know, in addition to that, you have Tronti and Claudia um, kind of, you know, being, you know, teenagers and kind of exploring each other as well. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on in that household. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, towards the end, uh, Aegon runs in, uh, sees, um, you know, Doris, his wife, smiling probably for the first time in like 20 years. And uh, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, so it, it's kind of a clue. So like, they're him, her, and Agnes are sharing wine, and uh, it, it kind of dawns on him, right? It kind of looks like uh, he kind of gets it at that point that you know uh, maybe there's something between those two. He certainly has an epiphany in that scene, right? Yeah. I mean, you can kind of tell he kind of gets it that oh, you know, maybe I'm not my wife's focus anymore right. when it comes to romantic connections. Right. 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 And were you, uh, were you cracking up at the conversation between him and his, uh, his, his chief or the, uh, the, the guy he was talking to, he's like, do you, uh, do you, do you still, you know, with your wife, do you ever do it? Do you ever once ever? <laughs> I and then his, the detective or his chief or whatever is kind of like, wow, you're, I don't think people talk like that anymore. Right. You know, He's like, so wait, funny you mean at all? He's like, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great scene. It's it's pretty funny. You yeah. Know, between Egon and, and his, I assume it's like, it's either a detective or like his boss, right? I mean, it's, it's someone who's, who's in a more, um, uh, I guess, uh, intricate role because he's wearing a suit and, and dressed really nicely, whereas like Egon's wearing his uniform, right? Yep. So, so he does kind of a different different job or is above Egon in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah, it certainly seems like that. It looks looks a little bit older, you know. This is the beginning of Egon's career, and uh, the advice he gives to him, you know, not not like uh, the best advice in the world here, um, but the advice he gives to him is like from like a superior right like where he's like listen Nagon, you gotta right. let, let off some steam trust me i've been on this job forever D- don't love this guy but uh <laughs> you know he's Aegon's boss no. at this point no he's 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 not he's not our favorite yeah. as far as giving advice um you know but uh at the same time it's it's part of the development right um that we're seeing Egon go through where he kind of is coming to an understanding that his his wife has fallen in love with 
the house guests that they currently have that they're renting, you know, rooms to, right? Right, right. And it kind of, like, speaks to the culture of the time, you know, like, Aegon definitely doesn't feel comfortable, like, talking about this type of thing, even though the chief police might. And, um, you know, Aegon really doesn't know how to act, I don't think. Um, and, you know, he's, he just, like, uh, what I was writing about earlier is that, like, there's just no communication, really, for, like, any families across the generations of Wyndon. Um, and... yeah. It's just that they, yeah, they never talk, uh, him and his wife and, um, you know, good, good for her for getting some attention elsewhere because, you know, Aegon's certainly not providing it to her. Um, but, um, you know, the, we, we know like Aegon later, um, you know, has his troubles and I was just thinking about Aegon as a character, uh, in season one, you know, definitely my first time watching, definitely did not like him. Um, I think this is the episode where I'm, like, really starting to, like, feel bad for him. At least the older version of him. I gotta say, the older version I really like in this episode. And, um, you really feel bad for him with all that he's going through. Um, and I... He he certainly has an arc, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, the way you feel about him in the first episode you see him in versus the way you feel about him in, you know, later in the seasons is completely different. It's completely different, and and you you feel bad for him, especially in this episode when he's trying to piece things together and figure things out, and he's listening to the record, and you know it's you, you feel bad, but he's he's trying his best to do yeah. the right things, right? And and he's seeing things you feel more clearly than he has when he was a younger man. Yeah, right? new information coming to light, right? I mean, um the boy who, yeah. uh, like, he's thinking more about Mikkel. And we can talk about, like, because Aegon kind of flashes back to, like, the 50s where he's questioning Ulrich earlier, too. And then, you know, we get him visiting with the older Ulrich 33 years later. Um, but, yeah, he gets new information, right? So he's kind of putting the pieces together. And for somebody who is, like, uh, painted as, like, so incompetent in season one, we're seeing that, you know, in his older age, he's, uh, or later on, he's actually, you know, putting the pieces together that, it's such a complicated puzzle, so you got to give him some credit for that. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so for sure, especially when when you know he's talking to um, what what is her name? I got to look at uh, my Enos, right? dark website. Uh, it's Enos. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when he's talking to Enos, and and you know he's like, "Is the boy around? You know, like, uh, can I talk to him?" And and she's just like, "Oh, he's sleeping," and he's like, "Yeah." It's the middle of the afternoon. Why is he sleeping? Like, you know, if if Mikel were, were you know, a three-year-old or a five-year-old, that would make sense. But he's, he's a boy. Like, he doesn't need to take naps during the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden he sees the pills when he's leaving and you're just kind of like, oh. <laughs> and he comes to that realization, too. And that's when he asks for the photo, right? Like, even though when she goes, oh, it's just going to be for the file. Well, he's just like, yep, just for the file. Like, but he's definitely not planning on putting in the file, right? He, he has his intentions. And I think he thinks of those intentions as he's kind of piecing things together when he's interviewing her that, like, um, maybe she's not the best person to be raising this boy, right? Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, I was like, what the hell, Enos? Like, what, what is the, uh, where, where is this coming from? Um, and it's just, yeah, that, that, that really sucks for Mikkel that, like, he's getting drugged throughout the, throughout his, like, uh, early childhood here. And, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He has that plan to go show it to Ulrich. Um, and um, I don't know if it's the best plan, the way he springs it on Ulrich. I don't know what kind of prep he could have done. I don't know if this ever could have been avoided. If he shows Ulrich the picture, I think that's going to, you know, set off a reaction in Ulrich. But, um, yeah, uh, I think he got his answer at the very least that, uh, yeah, I think uh, think there's a connection between these two, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and, yeah, th- there was no, there was no delicate way to do that, you know. And he kind of knew there was going to be that reaction at the same time, you know, he's, he's an older guy, he's dying of cancer, like, and he needed, he, he needed to make that connection for yeah. Ulrich. I think he felt bad about what happened and he, I think he's starting to kind of understand things and, and think that, that maybe Ulrich wasn't so out of line in what he did. Now what he did was wrong and, and obviously not a good thing. And, and, you know, we can, you know, we've talked about that before with the mm-hmm. whole, like, you know, if you could kill Hitler as a child, would you go back and do it? And, you know, there were the ramifications of that and things like that. But, at the same time, you know, and that's a very hard 
you know, situation to wrap your head around. At the same time, he kind of understands there's something there, right? Ulrich knows things and he doesn't know why he knows them, but he's starting to figure out why. He's starting to figure out that, that maybe it makes sense when he's kind of like talking about the fact that he's seen these things before. He knows what's going to happen in the future. And he's, I think he's starting to feel a little guilty about what had happened all those years. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's that guilt there too. Um, and you know, him, him putting together the pieces too. Um, he needs, what's interesting is like, he needs Claudia. He needs his, his daughter more than he needs Ulrich to put the pieces together because Ulrich, um, while he did travel back in time, Ulrich doesn't really know anything right about the grander mysteries. He is certainly not about the, the pages or anything like that. He doesn't know anything about the white devil. I just kind of thought that was interesting um, that Ulrich is kind of, uh, you know, he's barking up the wrong tree with Ulrich there. Yeah, but he's trying, right? He he knows that Ulrich knows certain things about the future, right? But those are common things that you would know living in that town. It's not the details of the time travelers that that he needs to find more information about, right? Right. You know, the white devil, or, you know, what, what about the book and, and, you know, that type of thing. Like, he's, he's not going to find those with him, mm-hmm. but he, he is going to find some things that common people in the town would know. They were growing up in in the eighties and, and lived to be an adult in the you know, in the you know, twenty twenties, you know, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, right? Right, right, right. Um and we you know, Claudia does end up talking to him too and anyways, um at least the the nineteen fifties version of Aegon talks to the oldest version of Claudia. And that's kind of an interesting scene too, of, uh, because she foresha- or she says the exact same line that the younger version of herself says, which really shakes Aegon to his core. Um, you know, Aegon, yeah. like what it, a what a life. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, poor Aegon's like his head must be all messed up from all like throughout, like from you know as a young man with Ulrich and his daughter saying the same thing as the uh, older woman that he runs into that is his daughter. Oh, he's, his head has to be so messed up after all this. I agree. And, you know, you, you think about the name of the episode, right? Ghosts. And, it, I mean, if anything, in this episode, the older version of Claudia talking to the younger version of Egon is is, is very much a ghost encounter, right? And, you know, it's 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 super... It's, it's, it's a weird experience for him, right? Because... This woman comes in. She doesn't explain who she is. She just starts apologizing, and she, you know, she starts telling someone that, in his mind, she, she, he's never met, you know, that he's a great person and that the world doesn't deserve him and things like that. And he just doesn't know what to do with all this. And he just says, "Look, you need to leave," or you know, her X Y Z. And you know, she leaves, and there's a sadness there. It's it's very much she's a ghost, right? I mean, it's it's something that you could tell she doesn't belong in that time period. She doesn't belong there, but she's coming to contact with, with Egon, and she has, she's communicating with him, and there's sorrow, and there's regret there, and, you know, you could just tell that, that there's something more there, and then it clicks with him when he talks to his daughter, right? right. When he hears her give the same exact words, and it kind of clicks. I mean, I think in that moment, he has to kind of know that, you know, that, that you know, what, what was that that he just talked to? Who was that that he just talked to? And she had the same the same eyes, right? And it, he's yeah. looking him right in the face, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what, yeah, I think that's what's so concerning, too, is that the, you know, heterochromia is not, not something that's common. So that definitely has to kind of shake him. And I also find it funny that he's telling his daughter, you know, I think I met a witch today and you know, that's her. She, he met her. So I just, I think that's funny. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that conversation happened. And, um, you know, but, you, but what's interesting is, is, is that she quickly, younger Claudia quickly said, yeah. that's not a good, that's not a witch. She was nice. You know, she and, and I think, I think, I think what that is, is that, you know, she knows that, you know, most, most young girls would say, Oh, that sounds like a witch. Like they would buy into it. Right. That's more fun, you know? And, mm-hmm. Claudia is not like that. She's going to say, no, that doesn't sound like someone that's a witch. You know, that doesn't sound like a witch. She says it so, so matter-of-factly, so immediate, right? You know, that's not a witch, right. you know? And really what it is, it's a ghost. 
you know yeah. i think it's 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 someone who who knows their time is up they're they're not going to be with us and although she's not dead by the end of the episode she is right yeah. and so in in many respects she is a ghost yeah at least in my mind yeah no i i think that's spot on and um you know speaking of ghosts i mean throughout like i think there's a lot of different things in this episode with that um Greta looks like she's seen a ghost when Helga walks in, right? And he's been gone forever. Yep. Um, yep. Ulrich and Mikkel are essentially ghosts uh, in their own time period. They're gone. Uh, never, you know, they're back in the back in the 80s and 50s. Or back in the yep. 80s, both right now. Of course, you have Regina reading the book as well. Uh, yep. Uh, titled Ghosts, which uh, she's looking for at some point in this episode. But, you know, you even get Claudia in the 80s. She, she leaves, she time travels, and she ends up in the present at the end of the episode. We don't know what what what's going to happen in the '80s with her with her character yet, but uh, it's just interesting she leaves too. So I mean, anytime people time travel, they could almost be seen as a ghost, depending on if they return or not, right? I totally agree. I I, I mean, and you, you know, Ulrich with his white hair and with his knowledge <laughs> of everything going on. I mean, he's he's a ghost for yeah, sure. You're right. Yeah. You know, I I feel yeah. like at the beginning of the episode, you have Regina saying the words, "Where are the ghosts?" I mean, she's kind of calling it out as the you know as the episode begins, right? Um, very early on in this episode, she goes, "Where are the ghosts?" That's, uh-huh. that's her line, and she's referring to the book, but she's really like kind of signaling to the the viewer, "Hey, like w- watch watch for this," right? I, I mean. Um, you know, old Claudia is a ghost. Old Ulrich is a ghost, and Mikkel is a ghost too. I mean, the idea of a boy going back in time and not having, you know, not being able to connect with his mother because she's not, she's a young girl herself, or you know, not having his family that that he grew up with, his brother and her, her sister, and you know, he is a ghost in his own in in the eighties, right? Yep. I mean, I I totally feel that way, and he's kind of. He's always kind of been that way. Even when he becomes an adult, he's kind of still a ghost. It's you, you get the feeling that that there are many ghosts in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, all these titles right have multiple meanings. Like if you delve into them for like every episode, I was trying to do that when I was writing about the show, and uh, but you could really you could really make the case for like five or six things each episode that relates to the title. So I think the writers do a really good job with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I was uh, thinking about the uh, Claudia some more, and you know, Claudia mentions to Tranta that uh, she, you know she doesn't want to be like her mother when uh, when she's older. Um, at least Doris is kind of uh, is is pretty kindly, at least I think. But uh, she ends up being worse, right? Um, she's really not kind to Regina um, until until really like recent events. She's pretty nice to her in this episode, and you can tell that Regina kind of doesn't really know how to take a compliment from her mom. You can tell it's really not something that happens often. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's one of those, um, inconsistencies, which is kind of like a paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when you say things like as a child, I, I just don't want to be like my parent. And then all of a sudden you end up being worse, right? I mean, you know, Claudia pays less attention to Regina than, Doris ever paid to her, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I feel like Doris was a pretty good mom, but um, but she's, you know, all of a sudden, all you know, she's she's trying to with Regina now, but at this point, you know, she's she's a young woman. She's styling her hair. She's you know doing X Y Z. She's not a little girl anymore. It's right. kind of too late, right? Yeah. You know, it it's like you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of sad, and then it. It gets even sadder by the end of the episode when she travels to the future and and sees her, you know, with with you know the, the the treatments going on, and it's very clear to see what's going on, and it's it's very sad, right? Yeah, yeah. you get the feeling it's too late for like her relationship with her daughter and um, like her dad as well too, because he tells her that the cancer is spreading, and now is the time where she's she's you know starting to she hugs him and she's like starting to feel bad for him and um. But yeah. you also get the sense that it's too late as well for them too. So, or at least that there's not much time left. It feels like so. Yeah, Claudia, and she's she's a tragic character. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is. It's it's you know it's a it's a very powerful scene. The scene where Egon comes to visit Claudia at the office, and you know, really, I, 
to be honest with you, all I've all scenes in the in the office in the power plant are, are usually pretty good. You know, yeah. like usually something something interesting is always going on in that office. But uh, you know, it, that scene is is particularly tough, right? And and you feel bad for both characters, and you're sad for Egon at that point, and you're sad for Claudia because you could see that regret on her face that I should spend more time with you and. You know, you know, she tells she loves her father, and and she has some regrets, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough situation, though. You know, this time traveling thing can make things really murky. Uh, I don't know if anybody, can. I don't know if anybody thought of that when they made these time tra- made these machines. So, a couple other things from the episode, I really liked Aegon uh, looking at the Creator album. I, I just I loved the image of it, and I loved him reading the lyrics. I, I just thought that whole thing was cool. It's you know it's it's really fun because you imagine him going to the record store and buying yeah. it and the guy ringing him up being like why are you getting this album like you seem like the last person to buy this album in particular. He's <laughs> like I've got to study up on Satanist things uh, for my detective work. <laughs> <laughs> the creator band with a K. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joe, were you familiar? Uh, were you familiar with them at all before you watched? dark no okay i no, was just wondering no, I, how big they were yeah no no not not no familiar no familiarity whatsoever um and uh you know it's it, it's just an interesting scene when he's looking at that album and reading the lyrics and you know it's it, it's neat it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty neat yeah it was, uh, made me chuckle a few times um the other scene uh we haven't mentioned too much how about claudia go claudia goes to visit middle age helga when he is, you know, after his accident, so this must be in the 80s, right? And he, 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 like, is more lucid than he has been in previous episodes, I feel like, when he's talking to her. Did you get that sense at all? Yeah, he, he is. He is very lucid. Um, and it's an interesting scene, right? Because what I thought to be one of the more um, important takeaways and one of the things I kind of wrote down was was when he said, tells Claudia, you know, when she's, she's like, why did you give me the book? And, and he goes, you, I knew you'd understand. I, I knew you would understand. And I think it's, in some respects, I feel like Helga sees Claudia as the smartest person around. Yeah. The smartest person he knows, right? And, and he gives her that book because he kind of knows you've always been the smartest person. I've known you as a child. I've known you mm-hmm. as an adult now. I know you're the smartest person I know. And I feel like this is something important. And yeah. that's why he gives her the book. And that's what I kind of understand from that scene, right? Is that you're you're kind of the smartest person I know. You you can figure this out. I can't, right? He kind of, that's what he's admitting there is that I, I, I knew I couldn't do it, but I, I know you can. You have that power. You, you have that insight, right? Yeah. And he says that she's the only one that actually understood him too. So, you know, and like you said, there's that familiarity from growing up together. So, um, and he always liked her. So it's a... Uh, it does make sense that he gave that to her. Um, but he also hits some of Noah's buzzwords, like uh, the battle between light and dark, good and evil. If we succeed, none of this will happen. But then he's like, never trust Noah. And he grips her very tight and he's TikToking. And he kind of, um, that's the end kind of of his, his lucidness, I guess. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was with it for, you know, a minute. But then it's kind of scary when he grabs her. Um, <laughs> what did you think about that? Yeah, it is. It's it's scary. You can tell he's losing it. But at the same time, you know, there's not... It's interesting because I feel like she knows him and she's known him since she was a child. She's not afraid of him, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, she she feels bad, you know, and, and she she feels bad for him. And, and you know, it's it's a sad scene, right? It's just, it's, it's very sad, yeah. right? It's a sad show. I don't know. I don't know why I feel bad. I'm telling it people is. to watch it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always tough to pitch pitch. Uh, you know, it's this uh, German show with subtitles about time traveling, and it's really sad, but it's awesome. <laughs> it, I mean, but at the same time, there are things that they do that are so powerful that have so much love and heart. You know, I, I mean, there's. There's so much love when when old Claudia tells Egon, like, you, the world doesn't deserve you, you know, and, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. Like, uh, you know, and 
as much as there are sad scenes, and they do some really sad stuff, and it's a dark show, and it lives up to its name. There are some moments where you you truly feel love for these characters, and you want to see them do well, and you want to see them succeed, and you're rooting for them. And that's kind of what good shows are all about: is a connection with the characters and a rooting interest, at least in my mind. Yeah, no, they're all interesting, and um, you know they do. The show will offset the darkness and sadness with like just the right amount of humor. I feel like that they sprinkle just a little bit and enough to, you know, keep us going. Um, thinking just like subtle things, even just Aegon looking at the creator al- album could make me laugh. So at least uh, there's some moments of lightness within the dark. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, just like characters explaining the plot is like one of my favorite things in the show. Like when the character has to explain what's happening to another character. It always makes me laugh, and they always do that in such a funny way. They do. Yeah. They do. It's, it's it's part of their style, right? Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it as well. Yep. Uh, did you like the montage today? Yeah. 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 That, 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 it was a good song. I like the song, and, too. And, yeah. um, you know, I felt like it was, it was you know, it was a well-placed montage. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, it, it, you know, it, it really brings a lot to the to the episode. Yeah, um, it was kind of a short short montage, but um, I did I did I did like it too. And uh, it was something about holding the light up. I think you keep the light on, or something. I think that was what the repeating refrain was. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's, I mean, it is a shorter one, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's worth it. And um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a strong part of the of, of a really good episode, at least in my mind. I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed rewatching it again. Yeah. Um, you know, there were certain there were so many scenes that that I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing again. And then every time I saw another one, I'm like, oh, this is in this episode too, and this scene's in this episode. It was it was kind of kind of neat. I agree, and um, it was it, there was a ton in this one, and maybe it's just because it was so focused, right? Um. Uh, it was so it was mostly 50s there's a lot of 80s too but there's nothing to do with the present so they could really focus on um you know really take a deep deep dive into these characters that we haven't spent a ton of time with we've definitely spent a lot more time in the present so i think you know the scenes that we remember it's like oh yeah it makes sense that they're in this episode because there's just a lot of content all right we are back uh sorry we had a little bit of technical difficulties but uh, we are wrapping up our discussion of the episode proper and I think we're going to shift over to spoiler territory now. So if you have already seen um, All of Dark, feel free to stay with us. If not, uh, we'll catch you for the next episode. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at WakeUpWinden, or you could send in an email to the show, WakeUpWinden uh, at gmail.com. And if you could uh, write a five-star review if you like what we're hearing, um, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. Um, but otherwise, I think we're going to shift into spoiler territory. So five... Four, three, two, one, and all right. Spoiler time. Uh, Jer, what do you want to what do you want to talk about first for spoilers? Hey, I mean, I think we should talk a little bit about um, you know uh, the conversation that Tronti has with Claudia when they're they're, they're young kids when they're walking, right? Because we we get a lot of information there that makes a lot of sense to us now that we've seen all the episodes. And it was really interesting to see that scene again. Um, at least for me, I, I felt, um, when we see her say things like, or when we see Tronti say things like, you know, Claudia is asking him, you know, where were you before this? And he's kind of like, I was in a home and you know, my mother and father don't get along and she hates him. And like, you know, that type of thing. And I think, at the time, you think it's Noah when you're watching the episode, and then at the end of it, you realize Noah's the brother, not necessarily the lover of Agnes. And and, and now that we've seen everything, we kind of know who it is, right? And know that like he's kind of the most evil character in the show, right? <laughs> yeah. So the nameless, the nameless guy, right? The nameless trio is her lover. Correct. And um, correct. You know, he. I guess he's the one who put the cigarette burns on Tronta. Is what we're is what we think, or did he get that at the home? I, I can't, that, that part's not clear to me. I can't, I can't remember you can clear that up for me. I think it was. Okay. I, I think it was, yeah, the infinity symbol, that, that guy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure of it. Okay, all right, know. cool. Just checking in on that. So, um, yeah, so Tronta, you know, we t- talked later how Tronta was pretty key to all this, but Agnes is a huge key because 
her and um her and the infinity symbol get together and they kind of i mean Jonas and Marta are the mixture of both worlds but Agnes and the infinity symbol are a really big deal too right yeah i mean they're kind of the next link in the chain right mm-hmm. i mean he, he i mean if they're going to be if, if Adam and Eve are going to be the top of the food chain and the top of the tree they're the next two branches, right? Is the infinity symbol or the question mark or whatever you want to call them. Right. And Agnes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're totally, I mean, they're second most important to Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, they are. I should say. Yeah, they're the, they're, you're right. They're the next line. I, I think that's true. So, um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it was hard. It's hard to talk, <laughs> hard to talk about that scene, um, you know, without thinking about that or getting too much into spoilers. So I'm glad we, we saved that for here. Um, uh, anything else on that before we move on? No, no, nothing else on that one. Okay. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to mention this on the episode because I don't, it's not a huge spoiler, but the chief police is, I think, Enos's dad because his name is Conwell. And that, that's not like really revealed in the show, but like, I think there's subtitles and I just know that that's a Conwell. So I think it's interesting that um, when Egon goes to see Enos, like he might have some relationship with her just because he knew her father. I don't know if you, if you knew that or if you, if you, uh, if you have anything on that. You make a really good point, Brian. Yeah. I, I, I totally had not thought about it, but that makes a ton of sense, especially when you go to the website and you see like the family tree, that's his picture. So that makes sense that, so he should know, um, he should know her, right? Yeah. When he's, when he's questioning her, like they should be kind of friends or at least familiar with each other, I guess. They're familiar, I should say, yeah. not necessarily friends, but familiar with each other. She kind of alludes to a relationship because she says, I'm having trouble sleeping again. Like that, Aegon would have known about that. Um, from like before. he would have known about it, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but that's, yeah. The, it's never really clear in the show. I don't know if it ever is clear in the show that that is Daniel Conwell. Like that's just something I know from the family tree, it feels like. Um, unless I'm wrong, yeah. I don't remember them ever like making it clear. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And like the whole Enos storyline kind of fizzles out. Like I was kind of thinking like before season three that this Enos drugging thing was going to like be a huge deal that Enos was like in on the whole plan, but that really doesn't kind of uh, pan out. Does it? It doesn't ever come to fruition. Right. Uh, But you, you do. um, She's one of the more disliked characters, at least from my perspective. Yes, yeah, she big 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 turn. Uh, the second time through, uh, the second watch through this, Enos really went down in my power rankings. I used to like her, yeah. but uh, yeah, it kind of did a one eighty on her as well. Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know. I guess getting back to that, that the conversation about the ghosts, and I, I started saying it on the the normal part of the podcast. But the one thing when you when you watch the scene where young Mikkel is sick and he goes inside the house to use the restroom Yeah, and the older version of Michael is there. I mean, he kind of almost acts like a ghost, right? I mean, he kind of is like in the corner and he's trying not to like, you know, be seen. And he's just kind of, it's very much, I felt like he was a ghost in that scene. Did did you get that feeling? Yeah. He tries to blend in, right? Like he's trying to blend in with the wall. Yeah, I agree. And like, he's just very, He's a very, the, the older Mikkel is a very mysterious character. Um, I think we see him only a few different times throughout the series. I know there's the scene, or the uh, the episode that you're referring to that he's pretty big in. But there's not there's not a whole ton of um, the older Mikkel. So I feel like he's just ghost-like in general, because he's barely on the show. Because he's not there, yeah. yeah. But he's, but his, but his influence is huge. Entire show. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's. He's very influential in almost every episode. Yeah. People are either looking for him or we're trying to figure out where he is or, you know, we're, we're, people are working through the fact that he is who he is and, and, and what his ramifications are or the fact that he took his own life or, you know, that type of thing. He's, he looms large in dark, yeah. right? He's like one of the inciting incidents. There's so many inciting incidents. But, yeah, I mean, like he starts off the whole show, right? So, I mean, I guess like if you if you go back to it – and. That's kind of what I thought the show would end with um, when we were making predictions before season three. I thought that the show would end uh, with Mick. I thought it would just end like beginning as the end. So I thought it would end with Mikkel's suicide again. Um, but obviously I, I, it didn't end like that. The, they, did the, they did the thing with Tan House, which I like, <laughs> which, I, which I ended up liking too. 
Um, yeah. And what I wanted to talk, talk about briefly with Claudia, you know, the older version on herself is relying on the middle-aged version of herself to break the cycle, right? I'm, I'm trying to get this, like, through my head because, uh, she, you know, like, we talked about how the older version didn't win this battle or, or she might have she died, but she still won the match. Um, but she's really relying on the middle-aged version to kind of break the cycle, right? Or do I have that wrong? I think she is. Yeah. I, I think she is. I, I think she's, she's trying to change things. And you could tell she's trying to do this, and I, you could tell it's important. There are certain things that have happened; they're always happen that way. And she's trying to keep those the same, but then she's also trying to do something unique. She has a plan to break the cycle, right? And we we know what that is. It's to to be there at that moment when the when the apocalypse occurs, and to do the split, right? Yep. And the same thing yeah. that Jonas does. It's it's the, you you split. And therefore, you can have two of you, and and, and that divergent situation is, is key to the story of Dark. No, it, it definitely is. And let me ask you this. Does she always kill the alternate version of herself, or is that new on the last cycle? I think that always happens. That always happens. Okay. Because, like, I guess, like, that's yeah. pretty key that, like, to her research or whatever that she's finding. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fine. You know, Adam is talking about Claudia at the end of the episode. I guess we didn't really talk about this, but, um you know, Adam's talking about Claudia at the end of the episode and he's like, she deserves all of this. And it's just, man, Adam, it's so dark. He, he, so many of the characters, Adam spends so much time with or Jonas spends so much time with, like he either kills or just destroys their life. Like I'm thinking like, uh, Claude, like, you know, he spent a lot of time with Claudia and he still wants like horrible things to happen to her. He kills his mom later on in the series. Like (laughs) Adam, you know, I hate this Adam guy. Keep 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 it with Jonas. Yeah, I, I mean he. I mean he's kind of the, the bad guy in all of this, right? I yeah. mean, in, in many respects, and um, you know, Claudia is the one that's trying to figure out a way around this. You know, he he has his plan, and he thinks it's going to work, and, and Claudia is a little bit a little bit smarter in my mind. Oh yeah, and and she's the one who really kind of figures it out. Yeah. I guess it's funny, right? If you think about like who the who the masterminds are, you got Claudia, who's the nuclear physicist or whatever. She's in charge of the nuclear power plant, and then you got Jonas Conwell, the yellow rain jacket uh, high school student. You know, I know he turns into Adam, but does he ever get like, you know, like he, he never graduates high school? I mean, like I I don't I guess he has a different sort of education, but it's just kind of funny, you know. Yeah, I mean, he certainly learns a lot, and he's very bright, but yeah. He's, he doesn't seem as bright as Claudia. <laughs> no, no. Um, hey, one more thing I guess I was going to ask you. Um, what do you think Helga's fate is in, like, the original world? Does Helga exist? I, I can't remember if he, like, because, uh, like, he wants to change everything. He's talking about changing everything with Claudia. I'm just wondering if it's not really, like, that important of a question, but I'm wondering if Helga exists in the original world. Yeah, you you. A good question. I think he does. He has to, right? I think so. I don't think he's in the family. You know, I think, yeah, I I think he does exist in the real world, in the original world. (laughs) I'd have to go through it again. Uh, Season three, I've only seen one time. So, like, when we're going back, like, season three is getting a little uh, hazier in my mind as we get further away from it. So, it'll be good to... All right. Um, So, uh, Jer, unless, unless we got anything else, I think I'll wrap it up here. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, Again, any support you could give to the show, following email or uh, review would be amazing. Um, And we will be back for episode four. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.